let's um let's turn to Exodus 15 let's turn to Exodus 15 and uh, we're going to continue to talk today uh, about the Lord our healer Exodus fifteen twenty six. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these, none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Now, we mentioned last time this phrase, the Lord who heals you, is translated from the Hebrew words Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, the one who heals. And this is one of the seven redemptive names of God in the Old Testament which revealed his attributes to Israel. He uh, is also known as Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our shepherd, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace, Jehovah Shema, the Lord who is always present, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our covering or our banner, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. So, uh, is the Lord still our peace and our provider and our shepherd? Yes. Amen. So he must still be the Lord our healer. Yes. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, if he's no longer our healer, then we're going to need at least two or three scriptures to support that claim. Now, uh, we're going through quite a lot of scriptures to support that he is our healer, and he's still our healer today. Uh, if, if he's no longer our healer, then he couldn't be our shepherd, he couldn't be our peace, he couldn't be our provider. The contemporary English version says, I am the Lord your God and I cure your diseases. Young's literal translation says, for I, Jehovah, am healing thee. These verses are in the present tense, right now. So if the word of God says the Lord, he's the Lord that heals you, what should we believe? We should believe what the word says and not the opinions of men. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's say this together. He is the Lord, he is the Lord. who heals me. Who heals me. Amen. Uh, we saw in Psalm 103 verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless the Lord, uh, uh, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then he, get, he lists, begins to list some of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. So is still God the forgiver of all iniquities and sin? Yes, yes, the same today, yesterday, today, forever. Then he must still be uh, the one who heals all of our diseases. Amen. So um, most of the church world doesn't have any question about uh, God still being the forgiver of sins. But when it comes to healing, uh, there are a lot of question marks uh, in the modern church about whether God is still the healer of all diseases. And this is because for centuries uh, much of the church world was taught religious tradition uh, and as a result uh, much of the body of Christ does not have faith for healing in the same way that they have faith to be forgiven. Uh, many modern churches don't preach sin anymore 
Um, they just say people have problems. And now I'm not even sure that people even have problems anymore. Uh, everything goes. You know, we just accept people and, and uh, uh, the sin, uh, everything goes, you know. So I'm not sure even people have problems anymore. There, there don't seem to be problems. They're just, uh, you know, this is just uh, these people and, uh, uh, you know, we love the people, but God makes a, distinguish, a, a distinction between people and sin, you know. So we love people, but we, we can't uh, accept uh, sin uh, because God does not. God makes a distinction. Uh, for those of us uh, who do believe in sin, we grew up from childhood being taught that God uh, forgives all sin. So, uh, you know, we don't question that. We've heard a lot about that, even since we were small. But m many people do not hear that God heals all diseases and that it is, it's his will to heal all. So this is why many people struggle in this area. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And this verse is not talking about just hearing a message one or two times. This is talking about something that you have heard for a long period of time. And if people have heard for 10, 20, 30 years that it's not God's will to heal everybody, uh, then that becomes embedded in you. And it's going to take more than one or two teachings from the word of God to flush that out of your spirit and get your mind renewed to the word. Let's say this together. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. Amen. So Christians are not struggling over whether it's still God's will to forgive sin. But because they've heard thousands of sermons, uh, you know, that it may not be God's will to heal or he doesn't heal everybody, then they begin to struggle in this area. Uh, our faith has to be developed in every area. And, and people's faith, uh, most Christians have their faith highly developed in the fact that God forgives all sins. They don't question that. They've heard it, you know, all their life. Uh, but like I said, when it comes to healing, that's a, a different situation. And that's why we don't see as many healings, uh, any more healings than we do, because m many people don't have faith for it, because they haven't been taught in these areas. Um, so they struggle in this area. Uh, when if, if if people have heard for 10, 20, 30 years that uh, somehow this sickness might be part of God's mysterious plan for your life and he's working something out and God's using this sickness to make you stronger. This, this is religious hogwash. But if that's what you've heard, you know, that, that's, um, it's a huge hindrance when it comes to healing. And what doesn't make sense is these same people who claim that they don't believe in healing today, they believe it's passed away or whatever, these same people go to the doctor and take medicine. And this is what's ironic, you know. If they really believe that God is work using sickness to work out something in their life or to make them stronger, then they shouldn't be trying to resist it by going to the doctor and getting better. So this, this is confusion. Sickness is a curse, and it robs you of your time, your strength, your energy, your money. And, and there's nothing good about sickness and disease. So don't let people tell you otherwise. Uh, anybody who believes that sickness has some kind of benefit associated with it uh, is not going to be able to receive healing. Anybody that believes that God is using this to, to work out something, or this is part of his plan for their life, they are not going to be able to receive healing. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. 
who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The, the people that Jesus healed were oppressed of the devil. Uh, it was not uh, a blessing in disguise. It, it, if this was the case, Jesus should have told somebody somewhere on some occasion that this sickness that they had was really a blessing from God and that they should just accept it. Uh, but you cannot find that. Sickness was a work of the devil then. It's a work of the devil now. It came into existence with the curse, and we don't have to have it. We can resist it. We can stand against it and fight against it because we have a healer. Amen? Amen. Now, um, let's turn to Luke 5. Luke 5. And I'm going to start in 17. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven. Now, did the friends bring this man to Jesus, tear the roof off the house, lower him down in front of Jesus? Did they bring him there to be forgiven? No. They brought him there to be healed. He was paralyzed. But Jesus saw their faith. He saw their expectation. He saw their determination to, to receive healing for their friend. And he said, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Now, this statement made the preachers mad that were there. They didn't like that. And in verse 21, they said, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. Now in this verse, Jesus is connecting forgiveness of sins with healing. He's combining them. And he's saying healing is included in the same package as the forgiveness of sin. Now the church in general, the modern church, through religious tradition, uh, human experience, and help from the enemy, has separated healing from forgiveness. Uh, many churches believe the gospel is the preaching that God forgives you, and you can be saved, and you can go to heaven when you die, and they believe that's the core of the gospel, and that's it, and anything else is just kind of a side point over here on the side. Um, but thousands of people have been taught that it's God's will to heal, uh, to forgive, but they've separated healing over into some other category. Uh, Nancy just said Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Uh, are we going to believe Jesus? Or are we going to believe the traditions of men uh, and men's opinion? Jesus universally preached forgiveness of sin and healing everywhere he went. He did not separate the two. He connected them. And that's what he's doing 
here in this uh, example. Verse 23, uh, when Jesus said, thy sins are forgiven thee and, and uh, made the preachers mad, he went on to say, which is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven or, or um, rise up and walk? Jesus, he didn't say which is more difficult. He said which is easier. He's saying they're both easy. One's not any easier than the other. They're both easy. Jesus was uh, saying that healing is just as available today as the forgiveness of sin. That's what he was saying. Now, if we had to do the forgiving of the sin, or if we had to do the healing, it'd be difficult. But our, our part is just to receive, and that's easy. Let's say this together. Receiving forgiveness is easy. Receiving healing is just as easy. Now, the easy-to-read version of verse 23 says, The Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. But how can I prove this to you? Maybe you are thinking it was easy for me to say, your sins are forgiven. There's no proof that it really happened. But what if I say to the man, stand up and walk, then you will be able to see that I really have this power. So Jesus said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, stand up, take up your mat, go home. So Jesus said, I'm going to prove to you that I, I uh, have uh, authority to forgive sin. I'm going to prove it to you by healing this man. He used healing as the proof. He used healing as the proof. The Good News Translation says, I will prove to you then that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your bed, and go home. Jesus is saying, if you know that forgiveness, you're going to know that forgiveness is real because I'm going to heal this man. You're going to know that, that I have the same ability to heal as I do forgive sins, and healing is just as available as forgiveness, and you receive them both the same way. Mm. He connected both of them together. Amen. He says, I'll prove to you I have authority to forgive sins. Man, get up, take up your bed and walk. He proved, he used healing to prove his point. So the, the, the word of God says, if, if God cannot heal us, how do we know he can forgive us? If it might not be God's will to heal us, how do we know if it's his will to forgive us? Well, somebody might say, well, Barb, we have the word. Well, the same word that says he forgives all of our iniquities says he heals all of our diseases. It's the same word, the same verse. Amen? Hallelujah. This is why Jesus said, which is easier? Neither one. They're, they're both easy. You receive them both the same way. Hallelujah. Jesus demonstrated it was God's will to heal just as much as it was God's will to forgive. That's what he was doing in this example. And the preacher sat there with their mouth shut. <laughs> this destroyed, uh, this destroys all religious traditions about God's willingness and authority to heal as well as to forgive. And as I said, many portions of the modern church have separated healing from forgiveness. But the gospel that Jesus preached, people got healed. And the gospel that the apostles preached, people got healed. They received faith to be healed by the gospel that Jesus and the apostles we're preaching. Well, if we preach the same gospel today, do you think people will still get faith to be healed? Amen. Amen. Yes. The problem is people just haven't been hearing it. That's why healing has waned. It's not because it passed away. It's not because the apostles died. People quit preaching it, faith for, to receive it, 
was no longer there. This is why we've seen healing uh, wane as a whole. Verse 25, And immediately he rose up before them, took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Now, if the preachers were honest here, what should have been their response? They should have said, well, if he can heal, he can forgive. Amen? That should have been his response. Let's say this together. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. Amen. So we're going to have more healing testimonies. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Now let's turn to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. And we're going to look at a few verses here. I'm going to uh, read from Young's literal translation. We're familiar in our in our camp. We're familiar with this portion of scripture. All churches may not be, but but we are. This is Isaiah prophesying centuries in advance. Jesus on the cross is our substitute. And I'm going to read from Young's Literal. It says, Who hath given credence to that which we heard? And the arm of Jehovah, on whom hath it been revealed? Yea, he cometh up as a tender plant before him, and as a root out of a dry land. He hath no form nor honor when we observe him, nor appearance when we desire him. He is despised and left of men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. Now, we know that Jesus was never sick. He never did anything to open the door for sickness to come in. He was acquainted with sickness in that he took our sickness. He took our sicknesses on the cross. At the same time, he took our sin. He was our substitute. As one hiding the face from us, he is despised, and we esteemed him not. Verse 4. Surely, everybody say surely. Surely. Surely, our sicknesses he hath borne, and our pains he hath carried them. And we, we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God, and afflicted. Let's say this together. Surely my sicknesses, Surely my sicknesses he has borne. And my pains, he has carried them. Is this true? Are we reading out of the Bible? Amen? Now, if you're reading from the King James Version, you may say, well, my Bible doesn't say that. My Bible says griefs and sorrows. Well, that's why I'm reading from Young's literal translation right now. Uh, the word sicknesses here in uh, the word sicknesses let me get back uh, in verse 4. Yeah, verse 4 that word in the Hebrew means sickness. Mm -hmm. And it's found 18 other times in the, New, in the Old Testament and it was translated every single time sickness. But when the translators came to this verse, they kind of stumbled. <laughs> they didn't translate it sickness. Apparently, uh, they felt like that if they translated this word sickness here, um, it would uh, support those that believed in divine healing. So they decided not to do it. They decided uh, uh, against it. So they translated it griefs. Uh, now hold your place there in um, Isaiah. I've got a marker here somewhere. And turn to Matthew 8. Matthew 8. 
16. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. What scripture do you think Matthew is quoting from? The, the scripture in Isaiah 53, right? Just what we read in Isaiah 53. This is Matthew quoting that verse. Now, the Holy Spirit said when he spoke through Isaiah that Jesus bore our sicknesses. Now, I believe that the Holy Spirit knew what he was talking about. I don't think he was confused. Uh, if Isaiah said it and Matthew said it um, and the Holy Spirit said it, uh, and later on we're going to see that Peter said it. Then uh, who, who are men to say otherwise? Who are men to, to come up with something else? Now back to Isaiah 53 verse 4. Uh, the complete Jewish Bible says, In fact, it was our diseases he bore, our pains from which he suffered. So let's say this together. Jesus bore my diseases, Jesus bore my diseases and my pains. They don't belong to me. Amen. Now this word uh, born is the same word used to describe Christ bearing our sins in 1 Peter 2.24 where, where it says who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And it goes on to say, by whose stripes you were healed. So Peter connects forgiveness with healing. He did not separate them. He, he connected the, the same place, the same time, the same event Jesus bore our, sickness, our uh, sin. He also bore our diseases, sicknesses, and carried our pain. Now, this word pains in the Hebrew means pain, physical and mental pain, physical and mental pain. The words born and carried mean to take upon oneself or to carry as a burden. Verse 5, and he was pierced. He is pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Now, most Christians, you say he was pierced for our transgressions. Oh, yes, amen, we believe that. Hallelujah, but um, bruised, you know, uh, for our, um, uh, he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Big question mark there. Big question mark. Uh, they'll say, uh, you know, they, they believe he was pierced for our transgressions, but when it comes to sickness, they'll say, well, that's just spiritual. You know, that's not physical. Uh, that's just talking about spiritual. Well, if that's talking about spiritual, then what's the sin part about? The sin part is the spiritual. The, the, uh, because Jesus took care of sin, he also took care of all the byproducts of sin which is sickness and um, mental torment and depression and, and um, worry and fear and anxiety. Uh, he, he took all this at the same time. The Hebrew words translated griefs and sorrows in the King James Version specifically mean physical affliction. And people try to explain away what they have not been taught. So the Bible does not distinguish or emphasize the forgiveness of sin as being more important or more available than the healing of our body. Jesus said they're both connected, and they are both just as easily available. 
So if Jesus connected them, Isaiah connected them, Matthew connected them, and Peter connected them, we need to be connecting them. Amen? Amen. And don't let anybody else uh, disconnect them. Don't let anybody else talk you out of it. Let's continue. The chastisement of our peace is on him. Now this is another area of our redemption that many people have not taken advantage of. We don't hear a lot of uh, teaching on this either. Uh, you know that crown of thorns that they jammed down on Jesus' head, it was not only physically painful, but it was an outward symbol of what was happening in the spirit. Jesus took our cares and our worries and our mental uh, anxiety and anguish and depression. He took all mental affliction as well as physical in our place. The English Heritage Version says, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. God placed the punishment of our peace upon him. Anything that would disturb our peace, anything that would cause the absence of peace in us, it was placed on him. And that crown of thorns was a, a figurative symbol of that. It, it, it had a meaning. Jesus went to the cross, spirit, soul, mind, and body. He obtained complete redemption for us. And when he took care of the sin problem, he took care of all the byproducts of sin. Poverty, fear, uh, anguish, anxiety, uh, depression, all these other byproducts of sin. He became sin with our sin. He became sick with our sicknesses. He became poor with our poverty. And he was punished so that we could have peace, peace of mind. Let's say this together. He was punished, he was punished. so we could have peace. So we could have peace. Amen. So this is another benefit of our redemption. And by his bruise, there is healing to us. Now, uh, here in verse 5, where it says he was bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed, the Hebrew word for bruised is the same word translated stripes. In that verse, they're both the same word. They just translated one of them bruised and one of them stripes. So you could, uh, you could have trans they could have translated the, uh, both of them bruises. They could have, it could have said, um, he was bruised for our iniquities and by his bruises we're healed. So all the same place, all the same time, Jesus took it. Now this refers to the scourging and the whipping that Jesus suffered before he went to the cross. Uh, as far as Jesus just going to the cross for us and, and uh, you know, dying for our sin, uh, he, he could have gone to the cross without this whipping phase, without this scourging phase. As a matter of fact, that was not the normal part of crucifixion. Uh, most people that were crucified, they didn't have this whipping. They just were marched to the cross and, and, and nailed to the cross, and that would have been enough to kill anybody. But this whipping that Jesus took, um, this was part of God's plan uh, in order for us to obtain complete redemption. The same bruises Jesus took for our iniquities are the same bruises he took for our healing. Mm -hmm. And 1 Peter 2.24 says, By his stripes we were healed. Isaiah said we are healed. So Isaiah said it looking hundreds of years into the future of Jesus going to the cross. Peter is looking backward at what's already happened at the cross when he said we were healed. So let's say this together. He took my sicknesses. He, took my sicknesses. he bore my pain. He, my 
with his bruises, with his stripes, I am healed. I am healed. Amen. Now let's just talk briefly about how do we receive healing. Well, Jesus said, which is easier? Uh, uh, your sins are forgiven or rise up, take up your bed and walk. He's saying they're both easy. So the same way you receive forgiveness is the same way you receive healing. So uh, Jesus said they are combined, they are not inseparable. So the way we receive forgiveness, we heard uh, the word at some point and we became aware that we needed a savior we recognized that we needed a savior and jesus was that savior and we repented of our sin and we acknowledged that jesus took our sin uh, on the cross for us and we uh, believe that god has raised him from the dead and we confess him with our mouth and we receive jesus as our savior we ask him into our heart as our savior now, there are, are unbelievers that believe historically that Jesus lived and that he died on the cross. But that's not enough to get people saved. Just having the knowledge that Jesus went to the cross and died, and people believe that as a historical fact, that's not enough. We, they, you, you have to receive Jesus. You have to receive forgiveness Amen. of your sins. Amen. So, we, we received Jesus as our Savior. So, forgiveness and healing are both based on the same redemption, and they're both received the same way. Uh, you receive healing. He's already provided. The same way we receive Jesus as our Savior, we receive Jesus as our healer. Now, if somebody says, well, I don't believe in all this uh, Jesus forgiving sin and all, I don't believe that's true, uh, would that cause you to think that forgiveness is no longer available? No. Then why would somebody say, well, I don't believe in all this healing? Why would that cause people to question that God no longer heals? It doesn't make sense, does it? If we don't base... Uh, Jesus being our Savior on whether or not somebody receives forgiveness, then we don't uh, determine whether God is the healer based on whether or not somebody got healed. Amen. So not everybody's going to receive Jesus as Savior, but that does not change the fact that he still forgives sins. Not everybody's going to receive healing, but that doesn't change the fact that he heals all of our diseases. Uh, you know, and nobody has the right to come along and say, well, sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says you have to wait a while. Nobody has the right to come along and change it. So don't let the traditions of men rob you of the truth of God's word. Just because someone doesn't receive forgiveness, we don't decide that, that God is no longer, that Jesus is no longer the Savior. And just because someone doesn't receive healing doesn't mean that God's no longer the healer. Now, uh, let's turn uh, our last scripture, Mark 11. Mark 11, 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe. Amen. Believe what? Believe that you receive them. What, what's the them he's talking about? Re believe you receive them things that you prayed for. Believe you receive them things you prayed for, and you shall have them. So the things you prayed for, you believe you received them, and you shall have them. Now the word receive here in the Greek means to take, or to take hold of. Believe that you take it. 
How do we take it? Well, faith has hands. Not physical hands, but faith has hands. And we reach out with our faith and we take it. Amen? We take it to ourselves. Now, I'm going to make a very important statement. If you don't remember anything else I say, remember this. Write this down. When your symptoms disappear, that is not when you received your healing. That is the manifestation or the result of receiving your healing. When your symptoms disappear, that's not when you receive your healing. That's the result of the manifestation of receiving your healing. You receive it when you pray. Amen. And, and believe and confess. All this is part of the faith principle of, of receiving from God. We receive healing the same way we, we receive forgiveness. You don't wait till you, you know, if you make a mistake or you blow it or you, you know, uh, you miss the mark somewhere. Um, you don't wait till you feel better about it to believe that you're forgiven. You, you, first of all, you receive your forgiveness. You ask God to forgive you. You acknowledge that I missed it here. Lord, forgive me. And after you, and you receive your forgiveness, then the feeling bad about it goes. The symptoms of feeling bad about it leaves. You don't wait till you feel better and then say, well, I forgive, I receive my forgiveness. No, you receive forgiveness first and then the, the bad feelings that accompany that leave. Well, the same is true with healing. Bob, could you say that bit again about the healing, when your symptoms disappear? Yeah. Uh, when, when your symptoms disappear, it's not when you receive your healing. Yes. That's the manifestation or the result that you've received yes. your healing. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. So, um, so in the same way, having symptoms of, of uh, sickness does not mean that you're not healed. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you miss the mark and you sin, it doesn't mean you're not saved. So if you have symptoms of, of sickness, doesn't mean you're not healed. Mm -hmm. But the point is also not to keep looking at the symptoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're kind of reminded that you're not healed. Yeah, yeah. This is where the fight of faith comes in. Yeah, this is where the fight of faith comes in, is not letting the devil steal it away from you, yeah. what you believe that you received. Yeah. And that's where the fight comes in. Amen. Um, Bob, I'd love to give a testimony when, when you have a moment. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. All right. Uh, so we know how to receive forgiveness because we've heard it over and over and over. We haven't known how to receive healing because we, we haven't been hearing that. But it's the same. Amen? Jesus said, which is easier? Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the way many people approach healing is like this. They believe that they're the sick trying to get healed. And if you can make this switch in your spirit and in your thinking that you are the healed, Jesus has already taken, he's already borne your sicknesses and carried your pains. You're already healed and the devil's trying to make you sick by putting symptoms on you. If you when you get that revelation, if you can turn that around, if, you can, if we can get people to turn that around, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, they're on their way out. Yes. But most people, they see themselves sick, trying to get healed, and it's like a dog chasing their tail. But if they can get this revelation from the Word that Jesus has already done it, He's already taken our sicknesses and diseases, and the devil's trying to make us sick, and he's trying to take away our healing, that's when we stand up and say, no, amen, no, you're not taking away my healing. Jesus has already carried my pain. He's already borne my sicknesses, and I'm not having it. Now, that's maybe a fight for a while, you know, but I'm telling you, you're on your way out when you get that revelation, and this is a revelation we've got to get 
into people. And, and they, will, they will begin to see things turn when they get that, that revelation. And I remember kind of generally when I got that, like here in England, they say the penny dropped or whatever, you know. Uh, um, I just, I, I don't know, I think I was listening to Brother Copeland or something one day, and I just suddenly realized I don't have to have this, you know, and, and uh, it was a, you know, cold or symptoms or what, of a cold or whatever it was. And I mean, I began to stand up and resist this thing and, I, and it, 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 it will go, amen, it will go. And I realize there are some things that are more of a, you know, a lot more of a challenge than just a cold, you know, but you gotta start with a cold, you know what I mean? You gotta start with a cold. So praise God. Hallelujah. It'll be more and more difficult for the devil to put symptoms on you. And when he tries to, they're not going to stay there long. They're, they're going to be what used to get you down for two, three days. Now, a few, few hours, you know, it'll be gone. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus has already done everything to obtain it for us. He's done the hard part. Ours is the easy part. Believing that we receive. What is important is what Jesus has already done and us believing that we receive it. That's, that's the two really components. What Jesus has already done and us believing that we receive it. Hallelujah. So, Jesus said, believe you receive them. Take hold of them. Lay hold of them. Then you will see it. Then you will feel it. Then you, it will change. Amen. So we don't have, our job is not to fix the neurological problems. Our job's not to uh, heal cancer. Our job's not to fix chromosomes. Uh, all we have to do is receive Jesus as our healer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And just like we receive the forgiveness uh, Jesus, our Savior, just, just like we receive the forgiveness that Jesus is offering, we receive the healing that Jesus, our healer, is offering. Amen? Amen. So let's say this together. I believe, I believe that I receive healing. If you need to put your hand on some part of your body, you can do that right now. I have, I have faith hands, and I reach out, and I take healing to myself. And the symptoms have to go in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, Sarah said she wanted to share a testimony. So you want to come up here so they can hear you. She wanted to share a testimony. It's along this line, isn't it? Oh, it's totally yeah. this. <laughs> totally this. I'm so grateful. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, this is connected with my parents' salvation. And, um, but when I was born... Can you, can you hear her? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can step a bit yeah. closer. Let uh -huh. okay. me push closer. Yeah, there we okay. go. Um, so uh, when I was born, I was born with quite a serious problem. Um, I had um, what's called spina bifida occulta, which exposed spinal cord, um, and it caused in my birth uh, a problem, which meant that for the rest of my life, I would, by the age of seven, be confined to a wheelchair, and. Um, so when I, when I was a baby, I never crawled, I never moved anywhere, um, I, I, was, I was deformed in many ways. And my parents, who weren't Christians at this time, um, were, were kind of getting to, they were getting their heads around this. Um, and they moved house um, to central London, and it was at that time my mother um, decided she'd take me to a local church. Um, because they had like a toddler's creche there. And um, when she walked in there, um, it was a little C of E church. She, she, um, the, 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 the women who were there, who were gathered, who were Christians um, with, their, with their children, noticed me and said, well, you know, there's a problem here. 
and my mum opened up and shared with them and they said well you know we believe in healing <clears throat> we believe that God heals today and and we would like to pray and lay hands on your daughter in the name of Jesus and believe for her healing and my mother who didn't know <laughs> anything and wanted just to get out of this problem um, just said okay give it a go <laughs> whatever and um, so so they did and you know I was I have a memory I do actually have a memory of this but the memory is quite strange um, the memory is of being um, ushered into I a toddler but I remember uh, people taking hold of me or so I thought um, in a circle and I remember them praying in the name of Jesus, and I had no rec you know, sort of knowledge or framework to kind of put this in. Um, and uh, my mother then taking me home. But I believed in the name of Jesus, healed that, that I, for my complete healing. And my mum thought, well, there we go. She's still looking like she's got a problem. It's not really gone away. Um, they gave it their best shot. And <laughs> that night, as she was putting me to bed, I used to wake up at nights and cry and scream because I had so much problems with circulation in my body and they used to have to get up and rub me down and everything. Um, and that night, as, as, as I was being put to bed, my mother was asking me about the, the, the day and, and how I was, you know, what, what, you know, and I, in my toddler language, <laughs> I kind of said to her, well, God healed my back today and it tickled. <laughs> and my mother said, what was that you said? And, she, and I said, well, God healed my back, it tickled. And she said, well, what do you mean, you know, because... No, we, she, I said, well, I, I was describing what I believe was somebody touching my back from the top to the bottom of my back with a finger. And she said, but no one actually physically touched you. We gathered around you, we talked, you know, we talked about this God thing, and, and then they did their thing, and that was it. And, and I was adamant that God had healed my back even though there was no change, and she said, well, bless you, child, go to bed. <laughs> and, put this, and I didn't wake up again uh, until the following morning, and that was the first thing, and my father actually noticed it. He was a police officer in the Metropolitan Police, very hard man, and um, he woke up the following morning, and he said, Sarah's not been up. And my mother sort of thought, well, this is a bit strange, and they rushed into my room, still no physical change, but I slept through, and I continued to sleep through every night. Um, and then they noticed I went back to the Queen Elizabeth Hospital, I think it was at the time, um, in London, or Mary's. It was one of the big London hospitals uh, where I had my quarterly checkup, and it was usually there's problems with the spine, there's all of the deformity. And when they did the x ray again the very next month, um, there was no physical deformity in the spine when they did the x ray. And my leg had grown because my right leg was significantly shorter than my left. Um, a leg, my leg had grown an inch, Praise and um, so it wasn't completely back, but it was growing. Mm. And the doctors called the consultants, and everyone started to look at this. And um, it, it took it took months, but but that healing mm. manifested, mm. Mm. and it manifested mm. through the faith of these old ladies who gathered around my mother and said. Mm. We know a God who heals. Yeah, Amen. And Amen. Um, yes. and through that, they came to know the Lord and they received their forgiveness, and, and they they came into Amen. salvation. So they they received the whole package. Yeah, the healing Amen. and the forgiveness of sins, and through them also their fam their friends came to know the Lord as well. Praise so God. it was a massive ripple effect at Amen. the time. Yes. Um, uh, my own salvation experience was completely another story. Uh, yeah, that 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 started off my family um, in, in knowing the Lord Jesus Praise and realizing he's a God that definitely he is. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Sarah. Praise God. So you're, you're a walking miracle in here. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Quite a church, though, just to step into there. Well, find people who... Laid hands up the yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. visit. Yeah. Apparently the Church of England went to see John G. Lake in Africa and they took they said, Yeah, we're gonna take Ian back to Church of England. And then What yeah. year was what year I don't do you know? know. This was, this yeah. was Nancy was John saying that some Church of England ministers went to uh, Africa uh, to John G. Lake Ministry and they grabbed hold of this and they brought it back to England, but um, 
Mm. I think it's mm. it got washed out somewhere. Yeah. You know, it yeah. got got oh, yeah, it got yeah. pushed out. Um, mm. For whatever reason, people quit preaching it and teaching it. So. Uh, well, that's why I'm amazed that it was a church of England. I've so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fact the fact that you just walked into a church of England and found a group of people yeah. that believed in healing and actually acted on it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, they boy. They must have been part of the multi charismatic crowd in the 70s, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, praise God. So, so well. amen. Can I just share something sure. for you, Barbara? Sure. It, this is just so timely, and I just thank God. The word was just amazing. Thank you for that word. And I felt myself getting really angry about that mistranslation in Isaiah. Yeah. I didn't know specifically that those words had been mistranslated, so I'm going to study into that a little bit more. Mm. But um, Christina, when she first got ill, when she was a baby at nine months, one of the things we experienced, among other things, is sleep disturbance. And we went two years with no sleep, hardly. And then um, we kind of learned how to take authority over that. We got a breakthrough after the two-year point. Then it would try and come back every now and again. But for the last two years, we haven't had any reoccurrence of that um, until last night. And last mm. night, you know, tried to come back again. And initially, it was like, um, you know, time, I think he went to try and settle her. He didn't realize what was going on. And he was trying to do all these things in the natural. Because doctors, nobody's ever been able to identify what the disturbance is. Or, so we just give her pain relief because we just don't know. Mm. So he gave her pain relief and it was still going on. Her sister, younger sister, shares a room with her. Her sleep was disturbed, so we brought her into our room. And when I, I went in to help her younger sister kind of get up and bring her things out, and I was just so convinced that this was a lie of the enemy. It's not coming back. We're Amen. not giving it any place. Amen. I didn't even look at Christina. I just went. I helped her sister out. As soon as we got her into our bedroom, her sister into our bedroom, mm -hmm. Christina just settled. It was just... And I just realized that the enemy was just trying, you know, yeah. to see if yeah. we would be in agreement, if we would respond. And as soon as he realized there's nowhere to go, yeah. you know, all the activity just stopped. So it's just even encouraging hearing yes. Sarah affirm about how her sleep was disturbed. And, you know, we just know that we just mm. have to believe yeah. that Jesus has done it, yeah. you know, regardless Amen. of the appearance Amen. of things. So yeah. I'm just really encouraged yeah. to have that affirm, to continue to stand. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And sometimes the devil can counterattack, you know. Sometimes mm. the yeah. symptoms even yeah. get worse, you know, and it's to make people think that nothing happened. That's uh, right. You know, uh, and uh, I remember, um, I may have shared it, Brother Copeland, you know, he prayed for some girl with epilepsy. Mm. And... Um, when he prayed for her, she fell right down and had a seizure right in front of him, yeah. the worst she'd ever had, you know. Yeah. And they carried her out. And a year later, he got a, a letter from her mother saying she never had another one after that. So, but so it said that actually sometimes when you pray, you know, like people fall down when they pray. Mm -hmm. Well, someone said to me, actually, sometimes it's they're trying to get the devil out. So the devil comes out of them, that's why they fall down. Mm, 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 yeah, mm. just, because you know how so many people just collapse on the floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, praise God, amen. Amen. amen, amen. So yeah, we, we just, you know, uh, the more we recognize how the devil operates and everything. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe we pray for people here. Yeah. yeah, well we... Um, we we prayed for Christina before yeah before you yeah is there is there anybody else here that uh, anybody else wants prayer for anything specific we we all I appreciate prayer yes please okay yeah. okay Sarah wants us to pray um, Amen so our you know what um, our ultimate our ultimate goal is we just want to walk in divine health mm -hmm. amen so that we just walk in divine health and uh we're not just Fighting. healing sick healing sick healing sick back and forth all the time yeah. you know mm -hmm. uh we know that uh there's a curse in the world and these things are out there but um you know it's god's will that we we walk in divine health and and sure. and 
because Jesus took care of the sin problem, he's taken care of all this other as well. And this is just what many Christians do not know, you know. So, um, but we're going to know it. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to know it, and we're going to see the manifestation, and we're going to walk in it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So, um,